you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. You are the one that can begin to determine right now. It doesn't matter because those of us who live here in Europe, for example, we might say to ourselves that we live in relative safety. You might read stories from other places and you think, oh, we are safe here. The truth is we are not. The truth is we have our own kinds of evil that happens here that doesn't happen in other places as well. So wherever you are, what I'm trying to say to you is this. We may share geography with them, but we don't share the same climate with them. I don't know if that blesses somebody this morning. <laughs> so he says to them here, yeah, don't say confederacy to what they say confederacy to. When I was in school, they would say that, ah, everybody, everybody will fail this course. I, I just never, since I gave my life to Jesus, I've never accepted those things that mix us all together. So I remember, I don't know, on the graduate days, there will be some particular courses that somebody will say, I remember one particularly where the lecturer came and he said, this class, he particularly did not like my class. He didn't like my class because I had a lot of crazy boys in my class who the lecturer would be teaching in front and they would just be making noise and do all of that. So that lecturer came before our exams, I think something, statistics or something like that. He came and he said, um, mechanics it was, and he said, this class, all of you will fail. The lecturer is the one that will set the exam and mark it. And he said, all of you will fail. What do you do? I said, not me. Mm -mm. My friends were all talking. Hey, we're going to fail. I'm not failing it. How are you going to pass? Mr. It was Dr. Odeshola was his name. I remember him. He, he said, we will fail. I said, I'm not. And true to it, when we got to the exam, this man brought things he did not teach us. Because he had his plan. Because he knows if, 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 if we write it correctly and he fails us, we can protest. And they will check it. So he brought things he never taught us. So he said, I told you all of you will fail. And I'm sitting in that exam. But remember I said, I will not say confederacy to what they say confederacy to. I will not fear their fear. That mentality needs to be in your head. So I took that exam paper. Of course, we don't know all these things. There's nothing there we don't know. So I took number one, and I wrote whatever I could write there. And then I took number two, and I wrote whatever I could write. Took number three, and I said, just like number two, uh, uh, number four, just like number four. And I put all of that in there, and I submitted it. And there was only one number where I just basically wrote a number of things. You know what happened? Like he said, almost everybody in that class failed it except me. You know how I passed it? I don't know what happened to him when he was marking my paper. <laughs> the first number, he looked at what I wrote, and it was all just gibberish. So he crossed it, and he gave me a mark. He said, for attempting. Went to the second one, all gibberish, crossed it, and gave me a good mark for attempting. Where I referenced to the last one, it gave me a good mark for attempting. By the time they added it up together, I didn't just pass. I had over 70%. I, 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 I tell you the truth, I lie not. When I came to this country, I brought that script with me to this country. Just in case I meet another professor like that, I'll be telling you here. <laughs> because when they distributed it, when they brought the papers, you know, they would bring your papers back to class and give everybody and put the results on the board. So I put my script, I looked at it, I could not believe it myself. I put it in my pocket. So everybody saw the results on the board. Fail, 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 fail. You have to repeat it next year. Repeat this course next year. Mr. Ojo is there. He has seven points. And everybody is coming to me and they say, what did you do? How did you know it? Show me your script. I'm not showing anybody my script. <laughs> I'm not showing anybody my script. 
But I'm saying to you this morning, say not confederacy to what they say confederacy to. Don't fear their fear. Am I talking to people still this morning? Psalm 91, everybody, let's read on very quickly. I can tell you stories upon stories, but you didn't come to church to hear stories. Sometimes the stories can bless somebody as well. Psalm 91, verse 7. Psalm 91, verse 7. The Bible says, A thousand shall fall at thy side. Remember I told you, the Bible never told us or promised us an evil free world. It says a thousand will fall at your side. They will be falling. Ten thousand will fall at your right hand. But what does the Bible say? Talk to me, everybody. What does the Bible say? I don't think we believe this kind of scriptures when we read them. I don't think we really take them to heart. And the Bible says, yes, they will fall. Yes, there will be pandemic. Yes, there will be dying everywhere. But it shall not come near you. Because there will be that dividing line. Because God said, I will put a division. <laughs> he says in verse 8, Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, you've made him your habitation. He said, There shall no evil before thee. He didn't say there will be no evil in the world. He said, No evil will befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Does anybody in this church actually believe that when the Bible says there shall no evil before you? Do we really believe that? Is that our confession? Is that our confession? No evil shall befall me. No evil shall befall me. Somebody comes to you and says, oh, but I heard about a Christian somewhere that some evil happened to him. And I, and I always, my response to such things is always this. Any time, any day, when I take the witness of somebody's life and the witness of scriptures, the witness of scriptures will always win. Even if it is my own bad experience, even my own bad experience does not override the witness of scriptures. The Bible says no evil shall befall thee. I said, no evil shall befall thee. Amen. That's how we ride. That's how we ride. We separate. He didn't say no evil in this world. No evil shall befall thee. <laughs> Psalm 50, Isaiah 54, verse 14. Let me just read one verse there. I'll go to Job. I want, I want to establish this one very firmly on our hearts this morning. Isaiah 54, just in one verse there, verse 14. It says, in righteousness shall thou be established, and thou shalt be far. I said, you will be far. From oppression. For thou shalt not fear, and you will be far from terror, for it shall not come near thee. You know, in places in the world today where there is terrorism, banditry, kidnappings, insecurity, this should be a major scripture for people. There are times when God will promise and say, This is a season of peace. For example, when Solomon was the king of Israel, it was a season of peace. Silver was being picked on the road in Israel. But when, when David was the king of Israel, it was not a season of peace. So there are seasons. For example, in those places like we're talking about in Nigeria, today is not a season of peace in Nigeria. Like it is not in many places in this world. So at such times, this kind of scriptures become very relevant for us. Because it says at such times, there will be oppression. But you will be far from oppression. It says there will be terror, but it will not come near thee. Do we still believe this kind of scriptures? There are people today that cannot do the things they should do with their lives 
because, oh, I'm afraid that somebody was supposed to go on leave. And he can't even go on leave. Because, uh, Pastor, they are firing people at my work now. So I, I don't want to go on leave now. I just want to keep working. You'll be working, working. It is where you are working, they will call you and say you are fired. Go on leave, my friends. It is your right. There is this, this thing that has become of us. We have become these timid people. We, we, we just, we, we, we mix up with them like the rest of the world. The, 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 the principle with which I've done my professional job till today is you will never be able to fault me on my technical input. You will never be able to fault me on that which I do professionally. But you will never get one extra minute out of me beyond what you pay for. The reason for that is simple. I have another life. I have another life to live. So, what my employer wants from me is not to warm the seat at work for 12 hours. That's not what he paid for. What he paid for is productivity. Am I talking to somebody still this morning? And I have never, I've never in professional life been living this life of, oh, I want to please the boss. Let the boss see that I have, I have, I have done something. I've learned, I've learned that your work will speak for you. I said your work will speak for you. As I began to supervise people, I began to also notice that the ones that are loudest and talking, 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 they're the laziest. Usually, they're the laziest. The ones that work properly, they keep quiet. That work speaks for them. So, call this, I'm afraid, they, will, they want to fire. If they fire you, it is because there's a better job somewhere for you. That's if you are working your work very well, Shai. You're not lazy. You know, all this, all this going to work and reading your Bible at work. And somebody says, Pastor said I should read my Bible. Did I say read your Bible in the office? <laughs> I'm talking about separating ourselves this morning. <clears throat> Job chapter 5. Come with me. Job chapter 5. Job chapter 5 from verse 19. Let's read. Oh, this one, I love it. Particularly in our days when finances are upside down. The stock market in the last six months, a lot of people have had wealth wiped out. <laughs> um, people don't even know where to put things anymore. People that thought they were smart, they were the smartest ones in this world. As far as finances are concerned, don't even know what to do with money anymore. Listen to this scripture this morning. Job 5 and verse 19, one of the friends of Job was speaking. He said, talking about God, he will deliver you in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. Notice again, he didn't say there shall be no evil in the world. He said no evil will touch you. He says in famine, he didn't say there will be no famine. He says, but in famine he shall redeem thee from death. In war, he didn't say there will be no war. He said in war, it will redeem you from the power of the sword. You know, when um, Russia invaded Ukraine, there was a discussion here at home and here in church as well. People say, if that kind of thing happens here in Germany, um, would you run away? And the whole place, bombs begin to fall on Mitte. Bombs begin, begin to fall on Neukon and fall, not in Mazdorf, but it begins to fall in... <laughs> How many of you will stay put? How many will run away? <laughs> the Bible says here, it says, when there is war, 
it will protect you from the power of the sword. He says, thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue. It will hide you. You know, people that like to fight for themselves. Say, ah, if they speak this against me, that I have to talk, I have to defend myself. It's because I've learned I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to. You can say whatever you want to say. The Bible says, God will hide me from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shall, there, shall thou be afraid of destruction when it comes. Notice, it's not if it comes. Destruction will come to this world. But the Bible says here, you will not be afraid of it. Say no confederacy to what they say confederacy to. Don't fear their fear. Then in verse 22, I like verse 22. It says, at destruction and famine thou shalt laugh. There is destruction. There is something that most of you in this church would, would never have known. We had, as a family, we had a period in... 2015, 2016, part of 2017, where for this 18-month period, as a family, we just had no income. My projects got cancelled all of a sudden. Everything else that we did, just nothing. And when I say no income, absolute zero income for 18 months. We can be church, we come to church like we're coming now, I'm preaching like I'm preaching now, and all that is going on. Maybe one or two people in church would have known or maybe nobody knew even that all that was going on at that time. And that happened when we just moved into a new house. And, you know, all of that is happening there. This scripture here in Job 5 verse 22 was one of my anchor points through that period. It was a period in my industry where everything was down. Everything was down. There was everywhere was dry. There was just nothing out there. Bible says, when there is destruction and famine, God says, you, you will be laughing. Tell me if that's not separation. Is there any of you that I came to your house to beg you to feed me in that time? Say it now or never. <laughs> I came to your house and I said, pastor has not eaten. My children are hungry. Please feed me. No, never, never, never. Because my help comes from him. Lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Is everybody still in church with me this morning? It says, at destruction and famine. It didn't, it didn't promise us there will be no famine. It didn't promise us there will be no destruction. But it says, when that is happening, you will be able to laugh. Because it will protect you from the scourge of the day. We may be geographically linked with them, but climate in the same geography might be different. <laughs> oh, Isaiah 60. The mother of them all. Isaiah chapter 60. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody still this morning. But I, I, I do hope that your spirit catches what I'm saying. I hope you don't get entertained, but you, you, you get inspired deep in your spirit to begin to refuse. Job chapter, no, Job we just read, Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60 verse 1. It says, arise. And I speak to the stone church this morning. I speak to every young man, to every young woman. I said, arise, shine, for thy light is come. <laughs> Your light has not come because light is shining everywhere. Your light has come because you live in Goshen. <laughs> because you live in Goshen. It says, arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. It says in verse 2, it says, for behold, the darkness. Ah, how can we be talking darkness? At the same time, we're talking glory. 
He says, at that same time, the darkness shall cover the earth. Them, remember? Them, they, the world. Darkness shall cover them. Gross darkness shall cover the people. But, glory to God for but this morning. It says, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And this is important because in verse 3, the Bible then says, because there is such darkness in the world, and there is such glory in the church. Verse 3, the Gentiles, they will begin to do what? They will come to your light. One thing my wife and I always argue on almost every night is this. I want to open the windows. I want to open every window wide. She says, if there is light in the room, the flies will come. I said, let them come. And let's enjoy this all together. But I notice, if we put off the light, even if we open the window, they're not coming. Are you with me this morning? Could it be that one of the reasons it's been difficult for us to win souls is because our glory has not been shining like it should shine? Could it be that where we are, looks too much like where they are. So those flies outside the room, they look around themselves, they look at the room and it's the same darkness. So it's not attractive. Could it be that the difference that God planned to be between us and them is what they don't see and why the Gentiles are not coming to the glory of our light? And that's why I'm speaking this morning and I'm praying by the Spirit of God that in your life, the glory of God will begin to shine in every area of your life such that the Gentiles will begin to flow to the glory of your light in the name of Jesus. Yeah. When everybody is down and they, there's famine, there's no money, everybody is down and they're crying and you say, oh, we're laughing. Do you know that Corona, Corona for two years actually really messed up many businesses, messed up many things for many people, destroyed many things in many places. Worst case, worst of all, actually messed up many churches. Messed things up in a bad way that people could no longer just keep things going. <coughs> in, 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 in Kuwait, let me give you an example of Kuwait. Most of the churches in the Middle East, they, they have their churches in basements. Most high-rise buildings will have a basement that was originally built as a car park for the people that live in the building. So those basements that were meant as car parks is the open space that the churches use for church. So most churches have basements. And we also, at church in Kuwait, we had a basement as well where we met. Did it nicely and did all of that. When Corona came, everywhere locked down, people not going to church, nobody paying offering, nobody giving tithe. You know Zoom, 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 Zoom. Everybody's on Zoom. So nothing. One by one, the churches in town they could not pay for their basements anymore because nobody was coming. And the owner of the basement says, pay me my money. So people began to give up. Began to give up their, their, their spaces. They couldn't afford to keep them anymore. So now people are allowed to meet back in church. And a lot of the churches have scattered. Literally scattered. People can't... I, I, was, I was there in Kuwait a few weeks ago. And there's a man that came to church. Not, not somebody who is flirting with us. You know how somebody flirts with the church. Come once in a while, and then 
um, then disappear and then come again and disappear. That was how, how that guy was. So he came for this service that I was in and he was a member of another church and he comes on in a while and all that. And then he said to me, he said, do you know what? This service I came in right now is the first time I'm in a church service in two years. This is the first time I've entered a church service in two years. And you don't have to tell me the spiritual life actually really misses a lot. And how did it all start? Because in the middle of all that, people, um, everything got mixed up. Businesses closed down, churches closed down. So I'm speaking to our people that said, how is it that we were able to keep our own place when everybody is losing their place? And they told me the story. They said the guy that owns our place, first of all, came to us and he said, for six months, don't pay anything. Then, by the time things were opening back, he said, okay, for the next six months, pay only half. And they said to me, this month is the month we are first of all now going back to paying the full. They said, you know, the result of it is, actually, we have more money now in the church account than, um, thank God for Corona. <laughs> I'm talking to you about how God can, God can separate God can separate. I know people that will say, for my business, actually, Corona really helped me. Why somebody say Corona destroyed it? <laughs> it says, rise and shine. When there's gross darkness covering the people, it says, your light comes right at that time. Let me put one more scripture. I think I'm going to close here. Hey, mom, any more things I wanted, to, I wanted to read, but I can tell when it's time to just leave it. Let me read one more scripture. Job 22. I'll teach us this scripture this morning. When you have time, study the whole concept of Goshen in scriptures. The whole idea of how did they even get to live in Goshen. What happened in Goshen. It became such that when the people of God wanted to go up to go and worship God, that things were protected. Goshen was some place. Every Christian today must understand the concept of Goshen. A different concept in the Bible. But for now, let's just read my last scripture for this morning. Job 22, verse 29. It's, it's, not, it's a scripture that we quote quite regularly, but I don't think we understand it properly. Job 22, verse 29. Did you learn something today? Ah, I'm learning something myself. Job 22, verse 29. This is the same time, eh? the same time, simultaneously, victory and failure can be going on. He said, only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. It shall not come near your dwelling. That's separation. Job 22, verse 29. At that same time, when men are what? When men are cast down then you will say what? There's a lifting up. And God will save the humble. What the scripture actually is saying, maybe I'll read it to us in a few other translations, is this. Everybody comes and sees the same thing. Everything is going down. Men are cast down. People are losing their jobs. Businesses are failing. People are living in sin. Sickness is ruining people's bodies. Somebody says, you know, when you get to, when you get to a particular age, there's nothing you can do. You, you will start to fall sick. 
I said, give me verse and script, verse, chapter and verse for that one. <laughs> All I know in scriptures is I read about men like Moses. And the Bible says with 120 years, his eyesight was not dim, and that was his strength. That's what I read. I have verse and chapter for that one. Amen? So people begin to tell us things like that that don't measure up. Those are things they brought from the other side that they want to put on our side. I would say, no, take your luggage back to the other side. There's a separation line here. So we begin to see them. Bible says, all we see around us is men are cast down. Everybody that comes, all they see is evil. Bad news, bad news, everywhere, bad news. That's all they see. Then a spiritual man arrives and he has the ability to see what other people cannot see. So, while everybody is saying, oh, there's casting down, all of them are saying what they see. He comes and begins to declare what he believes. So, he looks at all the evil and he says, in the middle of this evil, I declare there is a lifting up. God in heaven chooses to hear that man saying there is a lifting up. And God moves and delivers the people that were cast down. Because somebody was able to say, no, there's a lifting up. That's what the scripture is saying here. Can we read it in other translations a little bit? Because the way we read this many times is we're thinking only about ourselves. But this is a scripture where we minister to the world around us. We become the voice that says, no, Corona will not overrun this city again. You become the voice that says, no, sin shall not destroy our young people in this city. Everybody says, oh, no, you come and you declare the opposite. And God takes your voice and uses your voice to fight. That's what the scripture is saying here. Let me read it to us in a few other translations. Job 22, verse 29. This is where I close, so I have the liberty to, to play around a little bit. Look at, um, is it to read translation? ERV. Job 22, 29. It says, when people are brought down and you ask God to help them, so you have the ability to even see a lifting in the middle of the casting down, then God will rescue them because of you. Does, does it make sense to us this morning? I don't think I need to read. If you, if you, if you keep reading other translations, you begin to see this sense. Is the prevailing news is there's a casting down. There's a casting down. Nobody fears God anymore. Oh, there is sin in Berlin. And then we join them and we begin to say the same thing. No, no. We begin to declare the opposite of what they are declaring. We begin to say no to, their, to what they are saying, confederacy to. We don't fear their fear. We look at the young people over the city and we declare they will serve God. They will fear the God of Israel. We look at things that are going down and we say no. And God hears our voice and God blesses our nation because of our voice. But it takes a man, a woman that has listened to what I'm talking about this morning to be able to see a lifting in the middle of general casting down. Did it make sense to you? I know I've been shouting at you, I'm sorry. My intention was not to shout at you. But it is paining me. That's why I'm shouting. Even me, now that I keep quiet, I notice I've been shouting. But I hope you hear beyond my voice. You hear the voice of the Spirit of God this morning speaking in your heart. And saying, come out from among them. Come out from among them. Oh, I wanted to speak to us about sickness. I don't have the time for that again this morning. Maybe I'll do it again next Sunday. I don't know. I'll see how the Lord leads me. 
already speak about sickness. Already speak also about how we sorrow when bad things happen. The Bible says we don't sorrow like them. I'm going to speak about our finances a little bit. The, the, all of these areas where the separation is just there. And it, it, it will take every one of us to begin to gradually begin to say, God, I look at my house. I look all around me. Everything that they smuggled in from the other side, I know who I am. I refuse them. If I can bring it to that point, then I've done my job this morning. Everything that they smuggled in. <laughs> you know, like the Bible says, that the man planted good, planted good grass, good, good, good seed, and then somebody came and planted weed among it. And then they came and said, alas, an enemy has done this. If there's sickness in your body this morning, alas, an enemy has done this. This is not supposed to be on our side of the divide. Mm. If there is hopelessness this morning, alas, an enemy has done this. This should not be on our side. The Bible says the lines, Psalm 16, the lines are falling onto us in the pleasant places. The pleasant places are on our side of the line. I want you to begin to resist in your spirit. Begin to resist in your spirit. <laughs> Every luggage that does not belong on this side, beginning from sin, beginning from failure after failure, Affliction after affliction. Say, no, this is not for our side. Begin to, if, if you want to close your eyes, close it. If you, want to, if, you, if you want to just look to God, if you want to stand, if you, just a few minutes this morning before I turn over the service. I want you, not everybody just say, God, I, I refuse. If it's not coming from you, I'm not having it. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.